L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are quite empathetic, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So Jonah, I was thinking about when we were younger and how you weren't always the smartest with money. Yeah, that is true. I, I My friend Bruce recently brought up the story that I thought would be great for the podcast. This podcast is great because so many embarrassing stories from like being a teenager come up in my day-to-day life. And I'm like, oh, I should write this down and talk about it. So when I think I was a sophomore in college, I was in Ithaca, New York. Very cold. Very cold in the winters. Very snowy. But Ithaca is gorgeous. But it's gorgeous. And my mom, our mom, Gave me $100 to buy a winter jacket. I had this like Adidas track jacket that was not very warm, not made for upstate New York winters. And I went to the mall with my friend Bruce in Ithaca and we're walking around the mall and I couldn't find a jacket I liked. I was probably 18 or 19 and I was getting frustrated. And then Bruce noticed that PlayStation had just dropped its prices and I could actually get a PlayStation for $99. And so we were like, well, I could get this winter jacket. 
or I could have like a PlayStation that we could play for like the whole the whole year. <laughs> and so clearly I, I bought the PlayStation and did not have a winter jacket for that whole school year. And it was like freezing snow. I was so cold, but I would just like go home and just play Tony Hawk and just sort of just <laughs> just deal with it. Yeah. Jonah, in retrospect, do you think you made the right decision? Yeah, because it's a you great do. story. You know, I didn't I didn't actually get hypothermia. So I feel like ultimately it's it's a good it's a good story, but I think it really embodies uh like that era of like having your brain not fully developed and being like, yeah, video games are being warm for six months. Video games. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. It sounds like also like the things that you really remember aren't the days where you're like standing outside being cold, but the days that you're inside just killing it at Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There probably were a lot of days. I do remember we lived behind a hill and sometimes I would kind of fall down this hill in the snow. I kind of remember you talking about how you would fall down the hill all the time. Yeah. So I'd just come home covered in snow in this tiny Adidas track jacket, <laughs> soaking wet. I didn't have a car, so I think I'd walk everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Not the best planning, I guess. Yeah, maybe not the choice you would make today, but the choice that was right for you at the time. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I do not doubt our choice of guest today. Today's guest is a solo performer, singer, songwriter. You might know him from his bands, A Gathlight Anthem or Horrible Crows. The Pride of New Jersey, Brian Fallon. Brian, how's it going? It's going great after that <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> Really killing it today, I think, now. It's like you, Jack Antonoff, Benny. I mean, it's just a handful of people that just embody New Jersey. I don't know any of those people. <laughs> I just know me now. So now it's just me. Just you. Because you, you said that. You said I did. That. I did. Yeah, you set me up. You set me up. You're right. You're right. I did. I've gone I've gone off the deep end already. Look at this. Compliments. <laughs> have, I've gone wild. Compliments have made me wild. Brian, did that story bring up anything for you from, from your past? Nothing. Because I, I would have never made that decision. I'm a firm hater of the cold. I don't care at all about the PlayStation. I didn't have one. And I thought the thing that was I got real stuck on was that your mom gave you $100. Yeah. I would have turned that into a business, some kind of, I'm not going to lie to you right now, maybe drugs would have been involved. <laughs> I don't want to lie. So, so to be fair, it sounds like you also wouldn't have bought the winter coat with the $100. <laughs> I would have got the winter coat, believe it or not. But I was thinking to myself, this fool didn't steal a coat from the mall. I was like, you could steal a coat easy, especially in the 80s. No problem. Okay, Brian, this is the 90s, by the way. I'm not I'm not like 60. How old do you think Jonah is? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you're actually, you're actually born 89. <laughs> Could have been eighty nine. You're actually in that. You're in that sweet spot between me and Vanessa. I was born in seventy nine. She was born eighty one. You were born in eighty. Yeah, we're right on the cusp of being millennials. All of us. Yeah. So what does that make us? We're technically maybe millennials, but we're maybe. Um, sorry, I use the word technically, and then I'm not giving a an official answer. We're maybe millennials. We're maybe Gen X. You got to break it down for me. Does Phoebe Bridgers like us or no? Or make fun of us? I'm not sure. She like maybe lightly makes fun of us. That's cool. I can live with that. Like a little bit. She goes like. That's fine. She's like, I, I think you guys are nice, but also I don't really hear what you think. Right. But we're not Eric Clapton though. <laughs> no, 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 although, no. Okay. Okay. I hesitate to tell this story because. No. I, without commenting on it, I want to say that I had dinner the other night with a Gen Xer whose 17 year old daughter is a Gen Zer which Gen X's children are generally Gen Z's, depending. But anyways, 
she was saying that they think of Taylor Swift. I was like, are they, what do they think of Taylor Swift? Are they like impressed with her? Are they like, you know, cause she was saying that, you know, some people that we might think are like really cool musicians, like new musicians, they're already kind of like over. But I was like, well, what do they think of Taylor Swift? And she was like, they think Taylor Swift is like Bruce Springsteen. They think she's like so legit. She writes her own music. She's like, does her own thing. Like they think that she is like the most legit. And that made me feel just comparing her to Bruce Springsteen alone made me feel extremely old. Yeah, I feel that. Brandon, how do you feel about that? Someone who's never been compared compared to Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, I used to care, but then he started texting me and I felt like instantly like I like I shot to a level like the Catalina Island of like texting that people don't really understand because they just, you know, I flew up on like a plane and I had wings and I was glowing and I was white and I was dressed in meticulous robes. And I said to my haters, I said, it's just that you can't understand. And I I instantly, I forgave them all. So that's how I felt about it. I don't know. Can you relate to that? Vanessa, you probably can. (laughs) No, it, it, I don't, that doesn't bother me though. The Taylor Swift thing. I am okay. I have, I have children and they're, and they're young and full of life and thoughts. And I have realized that I am merely a life force to prevent them from dying as they grow old. I cannot teach them anything. They're, they're already surpassed me. They're five and a half and nine. Wow. Wow. What I'm saying is like, I had this choice at one point in, my, I guess recently where I said like, am I going to try and hang on to like, any semblance of trying to be relevant or cool. And I just said, no, not at all. And I let it go. I do want to say that, like, just because what I said is true about some Gen Zers doesn't mean they don't think that you're really cool. Also, you know, me as a personally and your bands and stuff like I I, oh, I'm, oh. I think it's no burn against you. It just it's just an interesting way. I agree. There's some young bands that will be fascinated if i say i really like your band on the online yeah on the twitter my young band would be i don't have one but i know that we would be i I guess i guess i'm where we would be a millennial band or a gen x band so but yeah yeah brian i actually looked up the first time our bands played together yes wait what yeah and it makes me feel like we're really old because we my old band the love Co, played a show with with gaslight anthem at asbury lanes in 2006 yeah how long ago is that many years many years that's 16 years ago so that was like we're in our 20s i guess so yeah so to me it doesn't feel like we're that that old but but i guess 16 years is a real long time you could be born and be driving now right or in prison yeah. for yeah. a long time. That's true. An adult prison, depending on who's prosecuting you and where you're being, yeah, what you did. And re- rehabilitated, let's not forget. And re- by that time. You could be rehabilitated. For many yeah. crimes. Many, <laughs> many crimes on the, you could be re- rehabilitated. Theft, lots of crimes. So that doesn't seem, well, first of all, I would like to point out that 2006, you, that would have been, I mean, baby born. Gaslight anthem, baby. I mean, possibly not breathing, needed a cough. Really? Still, that's how young. That's how young Gaslight Anthem was in 2006. Because I believe that that was only formed in November or possibly December. Wow! It looks like we played another show with you in 2006 at the Land Shark Cafe in Jacksonville. I don't remember this. 
I don't know if that's true. It was like as the gaslight anthem? Maybe that. I don't know. I have my band's old tour days, but we definitely played this show at, at the lanes with you in, in 06. I remember it. This is possible. This is possible. I remember Benny offered us to let us stay at his house. We didn't know you. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm curious, like you've talked about theft a lot. You said I should have stole the jacket from the mall. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was that something you were you ever did as a kid? Did you ever steal stuff or no? No, I did nothing as a kid wrong ever. <laughs> precious angel. We have sort of unrealistic expectations for what we would have wanted Jonah to do with the hundred dollars because I don't know. I wasn't going to start a business when I was eighteen. I w- I just wasn't entrepreneurial. Also, entrepreneurial wasn't cool like it is now, where everyone goes on Shark Tank and they're like, "I've been an entrepreneur since I'm four years old." Like I, you know. Yeah, a lot of people say they're quote unquote entrepreneurs, and you know what that means. They don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Or they're a dealer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, see, I want to point something out, which uh, is a strange. I never did any of this stuff. Never, never, no drugs. Got my Coke Zero right here. See that? But uh, so th- for the listeners at home who can't see it, <laughs> it's just where my head went. Sure. You know, like it was, it, I just said, if I now as a grown up thought to myself, what am I going to do with $100? Because I would have said, possibly the last $100 I'm going to get from moms. So I said, Better make it grow. Fair. I don't know. Yeah, it was the best I had on the, on my feet. No, I think it was a good answer. I, I also wanted to follow up and ask you when Bruce Springsteen texts you, is it how much do you deliberate over that reply? I'm sure you're not just kind of nah. tossing it off. Like when someone's like, Brian, check out this amp or something. You're like, probably you're coming back to it, but you don't want to wait too long. I dropped the cat food. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I had cat food in my hand and I was trying to put the bowl down, but I fumbled with the text because it was a... Uh, you know, and I fumble because I saw that it said a B and I said, I don't have a lot of people on my phone with the name of B. And I, I saw the R, so I, I surmised. And then I I dropped the phone, dropped the cat food everywhere, but I called back, lickety split. Blink, blink, blink. Hello? It was actually a call, not a text. And wow, <gasps> I was one-arming the shoulder, cleaning up the cat food. Uh-huh. Yep. Talking. And, and I was smooth as could be. He had no clue. Amazing. And this is the first time he called you? No. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) But it doesn't go away. It's the boss. Right. Of course. Here's, I guess, what I was wondering is like the first time he called you, was it like this? I'm going to do a light impression, but not in an offensive way. Hey, man, uh, I just want to call because I really love your sound. And I think maybe... Uh, we could go on some kind of a tour together. I l- I'd love to do some venues. You know, you're a Jersey person. You're a Jersey people. I'm a Jersey person. And uh, I don't know. I think we should do something together. What do you think of that? Is that what it sounded like? <laughs> kind of. A lot more. Maybe like a, <laughs> you got to add a little bit more like cowboy in there. Like, panic, a real oomph in there. <gasps> what? Like that in the count, you know, and when the count in Sesame Street does the impression, it's just like that. Or it's Ernie or Bert. It's one of Bert or Ernie. It's a lot of that. No, you get, I mean, you both been around famous people, wildly successful individuals. You you get nervous. Palm sweaty, mom's spaghetti, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, you know how musicians are saying to each other, I'd love to play some venues. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they say. They, Jonah, you've met 
Have you met him? I've met him at SNL a few times, Who? a couple times. I actually met him. Me? Bruce. <laughs> oh, I, was, I never got invited there. I should have invited you. You should have. You should have, but it's too late. I met him once at Warp Tour. He took his kid to Warp Tour once when I worked there. And this kid was into like international noise conspiracy and maybe against me or something in the early 2000s. I met him. He was very nice. I found him to be very nice as well. Handsome too. Yes. So handsome. The boy's handsome. Oh, yeah. The girl's handsome, too. They're all the kids are handsome. They have a good looking gene. Yeah, this is a good looking group. The Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're known for the most. First, for being good looking, then for being good at music. Ish. Same could be said for you both. Yeah, no Taylor Swifts, though. No. Uh oh. We got to cut that. Swifties will come after us. No, I like the Taylor Swift. It's not a negative. Yeah, I do, too. She's the Bruce Springsteen of. Of Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen Z. And with that, we're going to take a quick commercial <laughs> break and we'll be right back. With Brian Fallon. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? 
head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. And we're back. So, Brian, we're going to talk to you a little bit about your topic. You're such an interesting musician to me because, um, just to preface this, you know, your sound, your songwriting is so rooted in kind of these classic songwriters. Like we're seeing, you know, behind you pictures, John Frusciante, Jeff Tweedy, Nels Klein, but also I think of you as being a punk guy. Like I think of, I associate you so much with with that scene and, and those writers. And I'm curious, like how you view yourself, I guess, at this stage in your life. Hmm. Well, I think that during different periods of, of my life, I probably would have, whatever I was interested in at the time, I, you know, you like, you want to disavow all knowledge of anything else prior to what you're into that moment. Um, and now I see it as like, sort of like taking in all of it and being okay with it. I guess that's part of the being a Gen Zer or Xer <laughs> or whoever I am now. I'm so confused. Right, 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 right. Kind of both and millennial. I'm going to Google this later. I feel like with punk a lot, people like throw everything else out. Like I feel like once I got into punk, I was like, I'm not going to listen to Tom Petty now. This is not what I listen to anymore. Yeah, nah. I don't know if that's true, Jonah, because I feel like you always liked, you always talked about how you liked Wilco. Yeah. Even when you were, I don't know. But Wilco to me is, yeah, I guess so. Punk pass. Punk pass. Yeah, for sure. Wilco had punk pass. They had a punk pass. That's true. Right. If you liked only punk stuff and stuff that had a punk pass. There's a handful of bands that have punk pass. That's true. Yeah. What are some other ones you think? Taylor Swift, punk pass. I'm not kidding. That's not a joke. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend you. No, it's not not offended. I think that a lot of of this, it's like a new thing that I think has come, not new anymore, but like over the the years, uh, I think it's become like, more okay to say I like this rock band or I like this pop band and I, but I'm a punk like when I was when I was getting into punk like I got I got beat up the first time I shaved my head into a mohawk and I was like this is I'm gonna be a punk now like I, that's my life I'm gonna be punk this is where I my calling I've seen the light and I got punched in my face first day rude yeah in a McDonald's wow yeah because of your mohawk yeah yeah, well, because you know, because there was other punks. They were they were punks. That see, this is the thing. I thought I'd have friends in the punks, but the punks they said, "You're not punk yet. You got to prove you're punk." So I got punched in my face. And then were they like, "You got punched. You took it. Now you're punk." <laughs> well, okay, so not that easy. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna outer in front of all these people. So <laughs> she she punched me right in the face. So I took it. And then her friend said, he didn't fall down. And I said, it hurt. So they said, don't say that. Just just go with it. And you, yeah, it's good. So then a couple more weeks of this ribbing and such, you know, sodas thrown at you, the whole business, rocks sometimes. Um, and then you were allowed to be punk, kind of. Yeah. Wow. Punk, everybody. Jonah, did you go through a similar thing to become punk? Because I just, I feel like you just hung out at Dunkin' Donuts all the time. <laughs> well, A, I'm feeling really insecure that my my story was that my mom gave me money to buy a jacket at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Brian has this like violent induction to punk. Well, I didn't, I didn't want it. 
it was, I wasn't like, hey, you know what? I want to get punched. In I my know, face but it today. sounds it sounds cooler than I bought a video game instead of a jacket. It well, you cooler. had to suffer too. You just had to suffer through cold winters. That's true, but no, me and my my punk friend, we didn't we didn't have that. We just there weren't a lot of us, and yeah, we'd sit in the parking lot, Dunkin' Donuts, and talk about like the dead Kennedys and Screeching Weasel or something. Like there was no, there wasn't a lot of happening. It was fun. These kids were older than me. They're older punks. Ah, yeah. Right. Well, and it was that whole, you remember the time when like, it was really a big deal whether like Rancid was on a major label or MTV or there was a sellout or Green Day, whatever. It was like when, when punk was like not internationally accepted as it is now. So there was this big, like the, the punks didn't like any any uh, mainstream attention. So this is like before, I don't even think there wasn't like, this is a long time ago. I'm an old person. No, you're you're younger than me. We're all around the same age. But yeah, I remember I used to hang out this place Coventry in Cleveland and I had a friend who had a bad religion hat and I remember someone being like, you don't really like bad religion. Like that's, mm. you know, like- Name three songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like when like Stranger Than Fiction had come out and they had like, you know, infected was on the radio or something, and it was like you don't know. Yeah, this was I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know when that was, but it was. This was like ninety two, three. I want to say like ninety five. I saw Rance and the Outcome the Wolves tour, and I want to say that was ninety five. But yeah, around there. Yeah, the the record before that even had the song on Salvation on MTV, and that, that was not okay. Oh yeah, let's go. Yeah, that had. Yep. And that's it. No punk. You're not no punk. You weren't a punk. Well, I just threw Jonah. So like when you talked about bad religion, Jonah kind of got me into bad religion and he got me a shirt at their concert once. And whenever anyone talks about going for a walk now, that song going for a walk goes through my head because <laughs> I also think it's like very like charmingly simple that they have a song about going for a walk. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's such a not representative song by that band. I, I would know. say. I, I, I guess right whatever song was like the popular song on that album. What album was that? It's not. That was on The Grey Race. Yeah, on The Grey Race. That's right. Whatever song I was listening to a lot, I'm Going for a Walk must have been right after it. <laughs> so I would listen to Going for a Walk all the time. So I kind of got to like secondhand hear some of this stuff from Jonah. But like, you know, I didn't know what, you know, what you guys had to go through to like be legit in that area. I'm so glad that I like you know, was just... You were sipping lattes at Coffee and Creations. Yeah, it was Coffee and Creations, sipping lattes, you know, listening to Sarah McLachlan and everyone kind of left me alone, so... I love that surfacing record. At the same time, I just didn't say anything to anyone because I didn't want to get punched in the other face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I probably would have been like, surfacing is not nearly as good as fumbling towards ecstasy, but, you know, you you didn't come across (laughs) that punk version. Well, I mean, I do know that song Ice Cream that's on there. Yeah. Ice cream. I don't know that one. Yeah. Ice cream's such a good song. That's a great song. Yeah. There's a, uh, the, I like the big hit, the, the one about the, the, I think the stalker. Possession. Yeah. Possession. Spooky song. Ooh. Base letter from her stalker that she, did you know this, Jonah? Yeah, I did. I always thought that song had really cool production too. Like the, like the intro and stuff. But yeah, it's about, it's, what's it about? It's an awesome song. Yeah, it's a good song. It's about her, yeah, her stalker who I think tried to sue her because she used his, I might be getting some of this wrong. She used his lyric, his, his note as her lyrics. And then I think he eventually maybe um, died by suicide. But I never, you know, what's interesting, Jonah, is I never thought about that's true that that song has really great production. I never was able to verbalize that, but I think that about a lot of Sarah McLachlan songs that like 
the way that they're produced is really cool. You are on to something. You know that uh, the, um, oh, oh, it's about the, 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 va- I guess it's something about a, like a vampire that uh, she says she drops an F bomb, which I found really uh, jarring at the time <laughs> in the song. Um, but it goes, ooh, 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 ooh. it's got that guitar thing that Les Paul, oh, like, oh, that, uh, oh, building a mystery. No, wait. Yeah, building a mystery. Yeah. It's building a mystery. That song's awesome. And the production is incredible. Maybe that's the song I'm thinking of, actually. I'm not sure. I think you're probably are thinking of possession because that had like a weird, like, what do you call that? Like orchestral. What's the thing that, Jonah, remember when we went to that really big Bloomingdale's with Grandma Evie in Philly and there's like a really big one? Oh, like a pipe organ? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a famous one in Philly at one of the department stores and I think it's Bloomingdale's. Brian, have you gone to the Philadelphia department (laughs) store pipe organ tour yet? I try. No. You haven't got a union transfer and then you're like, oh, we got an hour. We got to check out some pipe organs. No. Okay, Jonah. (laughs) from my memory thought it was pretty cool but there's like organ or something at the beginning of possession right yeah it's the i'll take your breath away that one yeah it's incredible yeah yeah she really does such interesting stuff i agree very interesting i think that can i go out on a limb i'm a tree i'm going (laughs) bonnie bear possibly could have that whole thing war on drugs don't lie to me you love sarah mclaughlin don't be ashamed you're saying that to them I'm saying I'm saying it through you to them. Yeah, to them. Fess up, Bonnie Vare. You deny, but you can't hide. Yeah. I'd like to get them to come clean on that. Yeah, really. <laughs> Dark secret. Yeah. Your podcast may be called this. Mine's called Dark Secrets. I like it. It's where people tell their truth, but only about music stuff. Really? I feel like this is a music lesson to me because I really I've always thought that about Sarah McLaughlin's music and some other, I kind of feel that way about Tori Amos too. And I think I'm realizing that part of the reason I really like their music is because they make such interesting choices with their, as Jonah said, production, which I know is production is a lot of things. Look, production of a show, production of a song, production of a produce of, you know, tangible pro- item. But <laughs> can you name an item that is produced? Yeah. <laughs> everything this desk this microphone Uh, you know you produce everything and i'm producing a show right now brian what are your thoughts on tori amos love love right yeah that was my first cd your first cd was under the pink under the pink yeah that one had um cornflake girl on it not little earthquake no because i loved cornflake girl and i don't think little earthquakes was out yet when i got my first cd no, I'm what? wrong. I thought that was well, that was definitely the big single. That was the first yeah. single that I don't, know. I don't know. I guess maybe Little Earthquakes was first, but all I can tell you is that Cornflake Girl was on Under the Pink and that's why I wanted it. Oh yeah. Brian, let me tell you this. My first CD, New Jersey band. The Gaslight Anthem. That's crazy. Thank you very <laughs> Whoa, much. Whoa, he went forward in time, back in time. I won it at a contest, didn't have a CD player yet. Skid Row, slave to the grind. Love it. Love it. <sighs> Oh, man. Oh, wait. Slave to the Grind. Self-titled is better. Self-titled is better. I had that on cassette. Slave to the Grind I got, and it had a song on it called Get the Fuck Out. Ooh. And it was like such a big deal that it, it said fuck on it, the parental advisory thing. It was like I, I like had it in my room. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I had this. Yeah. 
Look out, parents. I just read Sebastian Bach's biography recently. His dad did the artwork for that album. Whoa. Wait, he has a biography? I'm more yes. impressed about the fact that he has a biography. <laughs> he wrote a biography when he's not busy. Oh, I guess it's not an autobiography, but he's not busy on Gilmore Girls. He talked about the Gilmore Girls stuff. Great cameo on Gilmore Girls. He talked about it all. He talked about it all. I read so many rock biographies. I just finished the drummer for Semisonic's biography. Closing Time? Yeah, that was their song. But such an interesting glimpse at like 90s record label and music video culture and being like one of those bands. Yeah. I read the drummer for Holes. I read uh, many different members of Aerosmith's biographies recently. Aerosmith? Yeah, I just really like hearing those stories for some reason. It's so interesting because you weren't a huge Aerosmith person. I don't have to like the band at all. Yeah, because but you did love Semisonic. I did not love Semisonic. I'm kidding. Brian, you ever thought of, you ever thought about writing the, the Brian Fallon story? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I've been offered and I said, no, <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. Why? Because I don't, it's, it's, I think that so much talking about the self now all the time, self-talking, too much. Be quiet. Shh. No mystery left. Ugh. So you that would that probably go against doing the Brian Fallon podcast. I'm not doing that though. I don't want to. I just I can't stand it that every little thing is known. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Save something for yourself. I think that's a huge thing that people don't do as much these days because there's so many ways to share. Yeah, and I don't mean that in like a like anti you know modern communication or anything like that like i think the kids on tiktok are it's great but like you're not they're not sharing their intimate details of every thought like i don't know i read that uh i'm not everybody here in the room is a is a red hot chili peppers fan like myself but i love john prashanti can't help it so i read that scar tissue book not even about john prashanti but there were parts of it where i was like yeah better not know didn't want to know that I just didn't, yeah, I wasn't comfortable. For you or for them? Well, I don't know about for them. They might not care. But I read the Joe Strummer biography. I stopped halfway through. I was like, nah, we don't need this. Did you read the Fleas biography? No. That one's interesting because it stops basically when the band starts. It's like really his like childhood. Not interesting. I'm not into it. I don't care what Flea did when he was a kid. I can't see. This is the thing that drives me nuts about that is the only part I care about Flea's life is when he picked up the bass and got in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Everything else he's done in his life, I don't care. Yeah. Which, why am I the only one? Well, it's interesting, right? Because sometimes people will be like, their backgrounds are so different than you would think they would be. And I think sometimes that's interesting. Like, it's like they did this, Although, as I'm saying this, it's like they they made this one decision to do this one thing and then they ended up where they are. But I guess you maybe start the book there. You don't even need to hear what's before that. (laughs) After they made that decision? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, I started reading the Dave Grohl one. I started and that's pretty interesting. Like, because you're talking about like the squat houses in Europe, like the punk houses. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But it's only cool because I know what that is. Right. I I will say that some if I get a novel and the protagonist is a kid, nah. (laughs) I'll just kind of move. I'll kind of be like, he woke up, he's eight years old, getting ready for school. I'm like, eh, not the book for me. Yeah. Grow up and do something important. (laughs) Read about it. Grow up, kid. (laughs) Now, I want to get back to our topic, but first I feel like we we have to ask you what was your first CD? Because we said ours. Yes. First CD? This this, this is a, this could be a, a, right right down to the word. Are we talking cassette? Are we talking CD? I'm talking CD. Compact disc. (sighs) CD, it's going to either be the the Wayne's World soundtrack, but I'm sure it's Pearl Jam 10. Wow. Okay. 
both classics. Yeah. Agree. I'm going to throw it out here. I know you didn't ask. I don't care. I'm breaking the mold. First cassette, new kids on the block, hanging tough, still am. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Take that. America. I like it. Mine was a cocktail soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kokomo, Don't Worry, Be Happy. A a stack soundtrack. You know, I think I still have that tape in my house right now, Jonah. Really? Somehow, I think I still have that cocktail cassette. Beautiful soundtrack. The picture of Tom Cruise on the front, exquisite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The pool table? No, I thought he was handsome. One of my first was the Vixen cassette because I remember because I only knew Edge of a Broken Heart, Crying, and then the other songs I didn't know. And some of them were called like ass kickers or something. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, this is a great segue into our topic today. Yes. Yeah. Brian, we reached out to you and you were you had been recently thinking about kind of 80s music and how epic and uplifting it was. So we thought that the topic for today could be kind of uplifting 80s anthems. And what, what kind of spurred this kind of idea in your mind? Uh, well, recently I started, I don't know why, it, possibly it was I was trying to show my daughter some music that she hadn't heard before. Um, and I switched on uh, Heaven is a Place on Earth. And my wife and I were like, this song's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I haven't listened to Heaven, Belinda Carlisle, or it was Belinda Carlisle and it was the Bangles at the same time. And we both were sitting there kind of, and I was absolutely dumbstruck at how incredible it really is. The recordings, the performance, the writing, it, it's incredible. Yeah. I agree with you. I love Belinda Carlisle. I love the Bengals. I was so into the Bengals when I was younger. And it's nice to hear you say that because sometimes I think that I'm so nostalgic for those bands that like it clouds my judgment of them. But I really do agree that like a lot of those bands were like so incredible because their songs were so like they were really upbeat and they really made you like want to like go out and live, you know, for lack of like a better way of saying it. Yeah, there's no fat on any of those songs. There's nothing that could be lost. Yeah. And I think they weren't afraid, you know, that like there's like the whistling part, which, you know, I think most people wouldn't do today. But everything about it is is precise and needed. Yes. And and so unjaded, like so kind of optimistic in a way. And like, I still feel like when Eternal Flame comes on the radio, everybody's just like, and by everybody, I mean like me and maybe the other person in my car or like, you know, what whoever I'm with when it comes on. Like, it's just like, oh my God, this is the, best song like there's just something feels so like I think when you were talking to Jonah about this topic before you were saying they feel kind of like a movie and I think that's true yeah well I put on once I started the idea I kind of went down the rabbit hole and went you know immediately to like Manic Monday and everything and I I noticed like even in Manic Monday there's this like quick glimpse of like Mozart and I, I was just like, you know what? Like the, in the eighties, like every it was like everything that existed in humanity kind of coalesced on this one decade. And no one would do like I don't even know if people know who Mozart is or care, <laughs> even if they knew right now. Like they're like Mozart's lame. Mozart's lame. You know who's cool? Blink One Eighty Two. And you're like, yeah, but those notes, they wouldn't exist without Mozart. Like, they didn't even know I don't. Okay, I'm like, oh, fine. Like, I'm not against anything that's not this. I'm just like, 
because Jonah likes to bring up this one time where I got called a <laughs> rockist in the press. And so it like, you know, it hurt my feelings. What is that? Can I just hear really quickly how that came? I brought this up maybe twice in like the last 15 years. But yeah, but it's still it hurts so bad. It's more than once. So yeah, it's more than once. You're right. <laughs> this is a, you are convicted, Jonah. Uh, so I, I, my band, you know, people, they, 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 they used to think that they used to think we were like really rock guys, like loving rock. And that's all we did was bleed rock. And really we couldn't care less about rock or anything. We just, we liked what we were doing, but we weren't about to like, like Aerosmith or whatever, you know, or any of these bands that are like the, you know, rock paramount. We were like, this is stupid. We, we weren't interested in any of it. But, um, you know, Jonah had said, like, well, it's kind of like, you know, you're rock, you're rock versus pop. And then I sent him the, the link for the, the, the popism and rockist argument. And, and, and I was like, it's not that. I, I'm, I love it all. Give me everything. So rockist meaning not that you're a critic of rock, but meaning that someone was saying that you're pro-rock, anti-other things. Yeah, pro-rock, anti-everything that's not rock. Got it, got it, okay. But, th- but I will say that it, it was not said with sincerity. It was it was said to be mean. <laughs> okay. So it was, and, and this is like, you know, time has told that this was to be. Okay. I'm not, I'm not interpreting right. this. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's very direct. To sort of get back with, with what you were saying, like, I, I feel that way about a lot of like 80s and 90s music. Like I would even and again, hard for me to like fully separate my nostalgia from a lot of these bands. But even like sometimes when I think about like the cars, like a lot of their music, like it's just so uplifting and it's so exciting to listen to in a way that like doesn't feel like. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. I have a question for you, Brian, like because I. I could be wrong about this, but to me, that era of music feels more authentic in the sense it feels like a band and a producer could get in a room and make a decision. Now it feels like there's like co-writers, like so, so many more people seem involved in the process. Is that just me being jaded or is that, is that true? Nah, I don't know. So many people get crap for being like co-writing or whatever, but like, I, I can see it. You know, if you look, if you told me and, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional, I'm a writer. Sure. If you said to me, like, I just want to write what's on my mind, I would be like, cool. You should probably write those thoughts down and just refine it until you love it. But if you were like, I want to be famous, which there's nothing wrong with being professionally famous. Like, that's cool. And I think to, to like, I don't know, like a lot, it's like a thing. Like the, like, the rock people used to make fun of that. Now the Americana people make fun of the, you know, the writers. Cause they're like, well, we write by ourselves. And then the pop people are like, cause your songs aren't any good, you know? And it's like, <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like this round and round. But I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, there's some good songs that have been written by like a sure. hundred people. I sure. think it's just bad for your, it's bad for your mortgage to write with that many people yeah yeah yeah. you're getting way smaller cut that's yeah. true that's true i've also played only in like screamo bands and stuff so it's not really like that would be weird if you had people coming in and like <laughs> but if i like i mean i i think that i'm sure that like little big town is probably one that gets a lot of that but that girl crush song if i was in on that i'd have been excited yeah yeah but it probably had 
I don't know how many writers it had, I'm guessing, but it could have had a lot and it sounds like it only had one. Right. So I think that's a really, that's a talent. Yeah. That's what these 80s songs did is like, they they were like right on the cusp of being like, like Eternal Flame. You're, you're like, did Susanna Hoffs write that in her bedroom or did like a hundred people in a boardroom write that? Because it could have been either. Right. Yeah. That's how good it is. And I feel like that's like, that's what the, the, the vibe was is, is like, you know, Manic Monday, like, this is so good. Oh, right. But Prince wrote it. You're never coming close. Right. Well, what's interesting, too, is a lot of that music sounds cheesy now. But at the time, it didn't sound cheesy. And how does, like, an authentic sentiment become cheesy over time? I don't think it sounds cheesy. <laughs> that's that's all, like, that. I think that's dated, like, production stuff. Because right. uh, there was, so in in this realm, I was listening to, for some reason, I listened to... Def Leppard, their big album, and and Bon Jovi's New Jersey, right back to back, and and I was like, this is incredible. I was like, I understand why it's been lost over time because of the sounds of it, but when it starts, like, dude, that Bon Jovi record, it's like, it is like a movie. It's like, you know, it only sounds that like only come when like when when young boys are doing karate moves, <laughs> like, you know, and like, and then it's like. You know, like, lay your hands yeah. on. And it sounds like a church and you're like blown away and you're, I'm out of my seat and I've crashed my car and it, everything is awesome. And there's unicorns coming out everywhere because it's awesome. Well, because I think people in the 90s, they they did a shift, which I was down with, the, the Nirvana thing or whatever. They did a shift where it wasn't cool. Like it was like, we're so pissed that it's not cool to be anything other than pissed. And and I don't feel that that's entirely true. I feel like sometimes that's true. I agree with you. What what were some of the Def Leppard songs on that album that you're referencing? Mm. Pour some sugar on me, Armageddon. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also the I don't want you. Oh, photograph. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And then the so yeah, the yeah. two, I guess, right? Was it because is that are they two separate albums? I think those are two separate, but I'm not sure. I never owned any of them, but I listened to them a lot. Right, because then the '90s came, and then. Def Leppard did that song right now where they like had that weird music video that was like right now like that was Van Halen okay <laughs> as, as someone Ooh. someone who's read a lot of biographies about Van Halen I know all about that video Jonah right on it is there any crossover between these two bands Van Halen great but I mean Van Halen and who and Def Leppard uh, I mean, did any musician go from one to the next? No, no. I mean, I'm sure the the guitar players in Def Leppard were inspired by Eddie Van Halen, but I don't think that they had any kind of cross pollination. So Van Halen was older, is an older band than Def Leppard. That makes a lot of sense. Van Halen was around like in the 70s. Right. Def Leppard's more kind of a hair band. No? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I fully was thinking Van Halen, I think, this entire time. Yeah, if you want to say that brian what what were you when you were in the 90s when it was just you know little brian fallon listening to some big radio anthems i mean what what was your kind of personality like kind of when you were listening to this kind of music well my sum up my personality in that time is trying not to get beat up yeah really sounds like not too successful i guess huh <laughs> not very successful <laughs> i don't know I, I was excitable and i think that that is, is not great for making friends I never understood like the elusive cool thing. So wasn't reading Pitchfork, but I got, uh, I thought that that music was exciting as well as Nirvana was exciting. So I don't know. (laughs) 
Did you go to any of like big arena shows when you were a kid? I did not. I was not able to make it to a lot of them. So I made it to one and this was not, I was a, my, my first like and only arena show was Depeche Mode. That's pretty Whoa. good. What era was it? Like how old were you? Oh, it was 1990. So I was 10. Okay. So it was like the, like post violator, like right after that. Did you go with your parents or your mom? Or- yeah. 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 They took me both of them. Yeah. That's so nice. Me. Nice. And what do you remember from the show? Just it was my mom and my stepdad. This is America. You know, <laughs> okay. excuse me. So, uh, yeah. So, right. Of course. What do I remember? Yeah. I remember, I remember big pictures of naked ladies and me looking over at my mom being like, Oh boy. <laughs> Cause they had the, uh, the photos of like, you know, like pain. Yeah. And, and I was like, Whoa, this is, I don't know where, where, where do I put my eyes? I don't want to get in trouble later, but it's also not my fault because it's not my band. Right, right. Very nervous. Sweating. I get it. I, I had a similar experience. My mom took me when I was 12 or 13 to see Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusion Tour and Skid Row opened up and Sebastian Bach led this chant of Ice, Ice, Baby, Fuck Off mm. and had everyone sing oh it. Oh my God. And he said... He said fuck so many times that I was like, that was the thing I took away from the concert the most. I was like, I didn't know you could talk like that. Like, I didn't know that was possible to communicate that way. Yeah. Can I tell you something? I remember, Jonah, after that concert, I remember mom saying that you were, you guys were sitting next to someone who was like, I don't know, some other adult that mom was sitting next to. And that he said to mom, like, he was like, you know, a lot of these guys in these bands, they do drugs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably like these guys do drugs all the time and then mom coming home and being like you know she he said that the guys all do drugs which funny because both of our parents did a lot of drugs in the 70s so it's not like they don't know about drugs but anyways in the 70s before we were born maybe 60s more is more accurate but no burn to them everybody was doing it it was a cultural thing anyways go ahead jonah <laughs> yeah i remember making a lot of small talk mom making a lot of small talk with the people next to us <laughs> yeah, i also remember funny and this must have been that. so annoying Everyone stood on their chairs the whole show. Ugh. Like, I'm sure it's fun for like five minutes. But then I remember just like I was like and I thought every concert was like that. You go to a show, get in your chair, you stand on it for two hours. <laughs> That's not a thing that happens, I don't think. I just went to see Harry Styles because he's great. And also because Jenny Lewis was opening for him. And something that I noticed that all these Gen Z girls were doing is they do this thing, which maybe this was always happening and I just didn't go to enough concerts to know about it. But like basically everyone was standing the whole time in front of their seats. So all these girls, you could tell like first when when we got there, these girls were like in our seats and they were like, oh, this one girl was such an actor. She was like, oh, my God. She was like, it's so fun. We're 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 up there. She was like, let me see your tickets. Oh, that's funny. Like, oh, oops, we're up there. (laughs) So then she kept coming back down and what these girls were clearly doing. And then we saw a few rows ahead of us. A bunch of girls were doing this is they had friends who had better tickets. And because they knew everyone was going to be standing and because they were pretty tiny people, like in general, they were pretty like little. They were just like all standing in the aisle in the better seats aisle with their friends. So like I was there with our cousin Mia. Mia was like all the way out. Like she was like on the stairs basically because these girls were just like all crowding in because they knew no one was using their seats. So they just like used it as an opportunity to like move as far forward as possible. I feel like we could cut this from the podcast because it's really boring. (laughs) But it's just like I never even thought to do that. Like that's actually a really good idea. And like, you know, did they know more lyrics to the songs than I did? You know, 
maybe they were more deserving of those seats anyway. But anyways, um, go ahead. Yeah, because like it's just about, you know, what you want. It's not really about like that you paid for a ticket that was better than the ticket they bought. I mean, yeah, I mean, you should just give your food away too, yeah. and bed and everything. Right. Because somebody wants it more. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. I think that you should have. I think you should have punk bought those girls. Oh. Should have been like, "You're not her." Well, here's the fan. other thing: is I did get my tickets for free. That's even better, though. You should have been like, "I got these tickets for free. I got them from Lauren Michaels. Pow, right in their <laughs> eye. No, like just full on like meat sandwich tomorrow. Like they got to put it on their face, like Rocky Balboa. Hey. Yeah, yeah. That should have been you. Yeah, that's like the updated punk yeah. fight. That could have been you. Yeah, right at a Harry Styles concert. and then just- Yeah, well, I did think of being like, you ever watch SNL? <laughs> I know. It's, I, heard it's, I heard it's not since the 70s. Whoops. Is it still on? Is it still on? I've met Harry Styles, you little, you little demons. <laughs> I've been in sketches with him, you little dirtbags. That would have been a good comeback. Sure, the sketches were cut. But what, does it, what does he smell like? He smells like an, he smells like an angel. Yeah, but really, what is it? I have always found him. I and by the way, I'm acting like I've met him a thousand times. I love him. I don't I don't know anyone who doesn't. I know him not well. I wouldn't even go so far as to say I know him, but I've met him several times. I think he's very this is, nice. This is the way. Sorry to brag. He and he might not even he would maybe hear this and deny it. <laughs> and say I've never met her, but he has. <laughs> like, There's video evidence. What do you what do you say now? You got the receipts? <laughs> <laughs> right. I saw that on Twitter. I, I, I feel like the terminologies is what really, yeah, like by Felicia. Do you know about this? And then I asked my wife and she's like, yeah, that's like a, it's like a meme phrase. It's like, I'm so out of touch with what's happening. You don't like being uncomfortable, but what about like vicariously being uncomfortable through other people's comedy? Oh, I can't do it. Like, that's why uh, my, my friends, they like uh, the, the Kirby enthusiasm. I can't watch it. It makes me, gives me such anxiety. Did you? So you must not have really liked Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld. Oh, you did. I guess that's that's removed enough. Yeah, because you feel like you know, there's this air of like nothing bad's ever going to happen to Jerry on the show. Right, right, right. You sort of, you know what I mean? Because like, even though something bad, I see. I love comedy. Did you ever watch the comeback with Lisa Kudrow? You would hate it if you don't like cringy comedy. Uh, okay, I don't like it. I've watched a lot of the movies. It's so yeah, I love that stuff. But I but it's not for everyone. Not all art is for everyone, but all art is from someone. And I don't think I wrote that myself. See you after the commercial. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. 
Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. And we're back. Brian, now we're going to do a segment to round out the podcast. It's a new segment, and it's called Change.dork. <laughs> change.dork. And it's based on change.org, people who misuse change.org. And there's a lot of that that we've discovered through our, through our extensive research for this podcast, that there's a petition for everything on change.org. A lot of them involving social causes, some of them not so much. So we went through change.org, found some ridiculous petitions, and we want to run them by you. Okay. Yeah. At the end, we're going to pick which one if we had to sign one. Yeah. Which of these um, people who don't know the real use of change.org, which which petition we would sign if we had to pick one. Okay. So I'll go first. The first one I found is called Pop Punk Christmas Album. 54 people have signed it at 100 signatures. This petition is more likely to get featured. Someone started this petition, I won't say their name, to pop punk bands and fans. Meaning it's the person who creates it puts de- it like the decider they like specifically send it to these companies or people and so this one was specifically sent to pop punk bands and fans in general yes uh-huh. the petition is short somewhere along so this one short this says this petition is important because the pop punk fandom gets no type of christmas music from any of their favorite bands we need it please help <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think of this cry for help for pop punk Christmas albums? Do you support this or, or not? I don't. I don't know. I don't have. A, what, do I have a choice? I thought. Do I? Is this multiple choice? No. I mean, I, I, would you sign this peti- this petition directed towards? I don't. I, I know Gaslight Anthem isn't really a pop punk band, but you could. You know, when you say really, and you clarify, <laughs> is not a like not really a pop punk band. You mean like, <laughs> there's you mean like there's any shred of chance that we possibly were a pop punk band? Because you would be alone in that qualification group. 
It would just be Jonah. <laughs> I'm saying you're in like the the punk universe. Okay. When you say pop punk universe, though, that's where I get uncomfortable. I get that. But I know that your latest solo album, Night Divine. Is basically a pop punk Christmas <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a heavy pop punk Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, I wasn't going to say it's a pop punk Christmas album. I was just going to say, you know, it's Christmas carols and hymns. So this is tangentially kind of connected to maybe some of the work you're doing. Oh, yeah. I see how it just goes right to the the A to the B, <laughs> L M N O. Is it one word? Is it three letters? Who knows? What do you think? I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in interested in, in this you're not going to sign off well you wait until you hear the other two and then you can decide on one that you want to sign off that's on. what i was saying is there's not options. you want to hear the other ones yeah by the way i already thought of a pop punk song do you guys want to hear it <laughs> yeah it would be something like this and it's not fully original but i think this would really be a hit if we got the right instrumentation etc and to, to two people in bands i feel really confident doing that it would go like this <laughs> Two, three, four, Rudolph, a red nose, ranger, five, six, I'm very shiny, no, seven, eight, nine. And if you have it, five, six, seven. And it, you could even say, it goes five, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, okay. Well, what's the next one? It's been a long day, you guys. <laughs> Don't you think that sounded pretty punk? Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's very punk <laughs> because you. You count they're counting you, down their song you, as they're singing it. And don't all... And they're only British people, I'm assuming, <laughs> from your, <laughs> your, your accent. Aren't punk bands, they're like, oh, I like this all and British. oh, I like that. I guess that's being British. <laughs> yeah, only British. They're only British. All <laughs> punk bands are British. Anyone who's not British is clearly fake. Okay. Let's move on to our next one. Jonah found this other petition. It's called... <laughs> it's a petition to... Quote, make hot dogs a sandwich. Yeah, go nice, good. This person wrote, why are hot dogs not considered sandwiches? It is meat surrounded by bread, just like any other sandwich. Now, 41 people have signed this. <laughs> and I want to read. It's another one of those really short petitions. Now, I want to read. <laughs> 41 people signed it. And I want to read a comment that someone wrote three years ago. Someone wrote to the creator of this petition, whose name is Logan. This person wrote, hi, Logan, hot dogs are a sandwich, which I thought was really funny <laughs> because it's like, because it's a hot dog and it's a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy's fighting so hard to get them officially declared sandwiches when it's sort of like, it's a weird thing to put your energy into is what I feel like with a lot of these things. Vanessa said, this guy is fighting so hard. And you said, put your energy into but they simply typed it out on the computer and put it on change.org. The, the effort meter is low. On this. It's low, but it's more, it's something. It's low. It's low. Well, but are, it's they, so are they telling their friends and neighbors? It, 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 um, spreading the gospel of hot dogs? Well, I wonder how much effort it is. And I was also thinking this reminded me of this. Jonah, we should somehow figure out a way to ask our listeners to kind of come up with something that we should make a petition for on change.org. I think it's incredibly easy to do based on the content that's there. <laughs> I don't think you need to be a programmer or something. We should see just how hard it is. But the thing that's interesting about a lot of these petitions is when we were talking about them the other day, Jonah, you were saying like the psychology of these people 
And I don't think this guy is joking. Like it would be one thing if he was like doing a bit, but it's also like how satisfying are the 40 people who signed it that you never get to see? You know what I mean? Like, is it like, it's not like doing stand up or something where you can see people receive your bit. Yeah. You're doing it in a bit of a vacuum. What Brian said also makes me think about the effort. I'm like, yeah, the people really putting the effort on are me and Vanessa, who spent an hour on the phone <laughs> yesterday looking at change.org, trying to find articles for these things. I mean, we're the ones really putting the effort in. And so that's kind of weird. Yeah. So maybe the change.dorks are us. Exactly. Well, I mean, the, the effort is minimal at best, though, <laughs> even because you came up with a pop punk Christmas record and hot dogs being a sandwich. So, <laughs> I mean, like, I think all around the effort is... I don't know if that's true, Brian. It's true. Let's be honest with each other. Okay, Brian. Jonah, you want to give our third thing? <laughs> sure. Uh, so our third one is called End the Fast and Furious Franchise. And there are 31 signatures. They're trying to get to 100. If it gets to 100, it's going to be featured in the recommendations. Or it's more likely. And this this petition is sent towards Universal Pictures and says, the Fast and Furious series has gone on long enough. Yeah. It went from simple street racing to completely unrealistic and over-the-top storylines yeah. that drift further from the origin of the franchise, pun intended. Universal Pictures and any other Hollywood production companies need to know that we are no longer interested in this series. Universal Pictures and any other Hollywood, even the ones that have nothing to do with the Fast and Furious, I'm back in the Yeah, they need to know. They need to know. Stop what you're doing right now because I've got some news for you. Yeah, and now this guy does have some terms, Jonah. He has some terms. He says, unless you choose to return to the original street racing and not robbing banks or basically giving The Rock superpowers, we do not want any more movies. Invest your money in original and new projects. With The Rock. (laughs) I'm going to take a big swing here, but I'm thinking that all of these Hollywood production companies, as he puts it, are not probably getting (laughs) too worried about meeting this guy's terms (laughs) and are probably more thinking about the billions of dollars, millions to billions of dollars that they make on these movies, despite what Sebastian A, I won't release his full last name, <laughs> thinks about it. I wasn't aware. The I, th- I guess Sebastian's saying that the plot lines of this franchise have changed a lot over the last yeah. 20 or something. Brian, are you familiar with this at all? Oh, I'm familiar a little bit. Like, yeah. Yeah? Well, I'm familiar enough. I've seen, yeah, I see it on the Netflix pop up time to time. Recommended for me. <laughs> yeah, this is in your wheelhouse? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like old SNL and then this. Do you feel like the... It's time to move on. Do you feel like who cares? <laughs> how do you how do you feel? Given my choices on the, <laughs> the no, uh, actually no. I'm most passionate about this topic versus hot dog sandwiches <laughs> and MXPX Christmas records. Well, okay, before you make a choice, I left something out about the hot dogs one. Mm. I don't think you're is, gonna convince Brian. I really don't think Okay, but let me try. Okay. Gary V started this petition and he made this petition to the Food and Drug Administration. So I just to (laughs) clarify, what he's asking is for the Food and Drug Administration to officially make hot dogs a sandwich. (laughs) Now, I don't know what he thinks the Food and Drug Administration is for, but probably the same thing he thinks Change.org is for, which is whatever he wants. 
the FDA. That obviously no one's going to listen to. Does having the FDA involved make that feel more legit to you, Brian? <laughs> I do think that if you made a Fast and Furious movie with the FDA, you should. It would make it well, more Well, no, legit. I don't. I think that's something that Gary Vee might want to do, but I don't. That's not what we're asking. What we're asking is oh. do you go with Michaela L's pop punk Christmas album, 54 Have Signed? And it's made out to pop punk bands and fans. Do you go with Gary V's Make Hot Dogs a Sandwich? 41 have signed. Gary G started it to the Food and Drug Administration. Or last and final, obviously, you kind of already answered this. So it's going to be this one probably. But do you go to end the Fast and Furious franchise? Sebastian A started this petition to Universal Pictures. Although, as he says, he wants all Hollywood <laughs> production companies to listen up. It's got 31 signatures, and um, there we are. What's your pick? Is it going to have 32? Okay, does this include the big three? Orion Films, Robocop, Miramax. I want to know about Miramax. Scream, Miramax, Dimension Films. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Yeah, hit me. Is you are signing on for this person who wrote this petition. This person officially put Universal Pictures in their petition. They, they named the other production companies, but they don't specifically make the other production companies a decider. Yeah, kind of leading back to your point about effort, Brian. <laughs> so you're you're signing on to this guy. You're signing on to this guy, uh, uh, Sebastian, just as much as you're signing on to um, <laughs> the petition. So that's that's got to be part of your decision. Mm. <laughs> Does he have anything to do with Kevin Smith's filmmaking company? Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to guess this guy hasn't spent. I don't want him to get annoyed at me <laughs> if I sign this. Right, right, right. I don't think I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. You don't know the name of it either. No. Mm. Now, you know what? Let's make the hot dog sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think, too. <laughs> Let's make the hot dog sandwich. Let's make hot dogs a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. You could cut them in half even. And like my grandmother used to do is cut them in half right down the middle and then cut them in half again. So you had four flat, like, you know, submarine looking things. And you put them on a bun and you put the other top of the bun and you put it back in the frying pan, cook it a little more. Whoa. Eat it. Yeah. Very Catholic. <laughs> she was Catholic. That's, that's change.org is sometimes we're changed by it because I didn't enter this podcast thinking at the end of it, I would want to make hot dogs a sandwich. But given the choices. Yeah, I'm with you too. I, I agree. I think out of these three petitions, it's kind of slim pickings, but I'm going to go with <laughs> the hot dogs and sandwich. Yeah. Okay, great. I think that we are all in agreement and I and I think we've made a great decision. Yeah, real really good good show. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian uh, where can people find out more about what you're up to, what's going on? I know touring stuff is kind of crazy right now. What where can people find out about you, your music, tour dates, all that kind of up, updates and stuff? Anything. Anything. I don't even know to be honest with you. Uh probably I don't even know if I have a website. I might. Uh, I think you do. Yep. Then there. Or not, nah, not there. The social media, I'll talk to you if you don't say something weird. And what's your name? What's your name on social media? What's your handle, if you will? Ooh, it's, it's, it's the Brian Fallon. Don't, don't go to plain Brian Fallon or you're going to get some poser. There's a political guy, right? No, that's Brian E. Fallon. And we, uh, we follow each other. We've discussed this. Okay. He's a nice guy. Yeah. But, but Brian Fallon. Sorry, I called him a poser. He's not a poser. He's a pretty, pretty Hillary Clinton's press secretary. Okay. But, uh, yeah. No big deal. 
But the real Brian Fallon, other than us two, real Brian Fallon is uh, just some kid from Ireland. Really? Okay. Yeah, I thought about doing a change.org petition. <laughs> Can I have my name back? Yeah, right? You know, this is, this is America, even though he doesn't live here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he had it first. So, na 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 is what I believe he said when I said, can I buy that from you? He sounds kind of immature. Yes. I didn't actually ask him to buy it. I just left him alone. I figured first, you know, you, yeah, you made it first. I lost. That's fair. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't release a pop punk Christmas album. It's going to be tons of confusion. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, nobody over here going to do it. So, well, I kind of gave you guys a demo and you didn't really respond, but that doesn't mean other people won't. That was really fun. Um, thanks so much to Brian for joining us and to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of how did we get weird where we'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural milestones like uplifting 80s anthems. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hey there. I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.